Welcome to Cast of Characters. Um, this episode is, is uh, coming about at a time of a lot of political and social unrest. Um, we are in the middle of seeing a unfolding over the last month of the U.S. immigration um, child welfare fair situation. And it's getting to the point now where people have to begin to make decisions we have obviously um, gone off the rails here. Just in the last few days, we've had politicians and leaders um, make statements that are, I mean, everybody could agree are not in the name of, of human rights. Um, there, was a, a, there was someone today that made a statement or made... Um, light of a child with a disability being Down syndrome, specifically being separated from their parent. And the guy kind of made like the wah, wah noise, like, uh, you know, get over it. Um, there was a, a worker filmed at one of the um, border detention facilities saying that the crying of the babies that were being detained um, sounded like an orchestra and all they were missing was a conductor. This guy might not have mean, meant it as a joke, and we are living in a world where there's a lot of invasive um, recording, um, and he was unaware. I think that he was being recorded, but all these things are happening, and it involves children, and anytime something involves children, you can get people on the same page. Um, there are certain things that bring us together, children, animals, music. Sports, they bring different people together. So I definitely think that there will be some shift in the American dynamic based on current events. Um, but these events have been repetitive on, on almost a 50 to 75 year cycle. These events that are taking place right now where people are being physically separated from loved ones, it's happened before. And um, just take a listen to this episode as me, as myself and Kim share a few thoughts. Because I'm tired of... People are always asking for core conversations. Right. We have interesting conversations in this space. And the people who actually have the microphones with the biggest audience are sometimes the biggest idiots. Like, it doesn't make sense that we're letting entertainers and some of these Fox News people... Share thoughts. You know they are the ones heading the, the whole conversation. And the, uh, you have internet trolls in their conversations, which we don't want to listen to them either. They're just typing away and putting these crazy random comments on every news article and just inciting more confusion and anger. But um, this article that we read this morning was really well written. And it was mostly a confrontation for everybody to... To be proactive and not be blind to what's happening. Now, we're all very wrapped up now in bringing families together. Kids have a way. Kids and pets have a way of bringing everybody to the same place, you know. Mm -hmm. A dog rescue, a baby video, a cat video. It doesn't matter who you are. Everybody is is into that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think if it weren't kids, it would not be as effective. 
But now we actually have a, a story and a dialogue going about something that everybody can buy into because everybody loves children. So the question is, where does, where, what is enough action? And the, in particular, this article talked about, um, it was talking specifically about white people, but I think it's a lot of people. If it's not your story, then people tend to acknowledge it but from a distance, and then move on to something else because it's not your immediate story. And even in this situation, I have found that I'm a lot around a lot of brown people every day, and I'm surprised that people aren't more, people aren't being more aggressive. Like, I don't think if it was the same situation and it were uh, children who look more like us, I'm sure people would be outside the gates of these facilities trying to get them open. It's, it's seeming very, I think that a lot of people are worried about their own citizenship possibly or something. Because I'm like, why aren't y'all out there like trying to get this stuff situated? We're in Texas where half of these facilities are. Why aren't people actually there with wire cutters getting these locks off these buildings where these children are? And these are children that look just like you. Like we're in a very Hispanic area. And these places are right next door. They're about to put one on emancipation. Did you know that? <clears throat> They're going to put a tender age shelter on emancipation. They already signed the lease. They're going to have 250 kids over there. Around the corner, in Houston, Texas, like North Mexico, that's where we are. And y'all not going to open these doors up? Like, I know you know how to. You probably built the buildings. I know you know how to get it back down. Wow. So it's... It's beyond wow. just white people. I'm like, where are the brown people? Like, I know we have the right way and the right steps to get this done politically. But sometimes, you know, some stuff that has to happen a little bit more urgently than going through the, the red tape. I mean, you had to have a, a Malcolm for Martin to get attention. Well, you know? I also think, I mean, don't we, don't we, these babies are brown. Yeah. Nobody cares about that. Yeah, but there's brown adults here that should care about that. I get that's it. That's what I'm saying. Why aren't... I feel like if the babies were... That look like you, I know you would be laid in front of the building right now. <laughs> trying to figure out how you keep people from going in. Yeah. And monitor who's coming out. It would be different. You know? So I'm just saying, why even are brown people not more aggressive about... Remedying this situation, like, is it because you're worried about your own citizenship, or you know, I think um, I think more people are going to start moving. I think it was almost like this really isn't happening. Oh, this really is happening. Oh, damn, we're doing something real bad. This is happening. And so I think people are really just in that, like, we've got, you know, let's figure out a way to solve this. I can say that um, I think I was a little slow to react either way because to me it's common. To me, this isn't a surprise. Well, yeah, again, I, we talked before about how the same issues... Not to disagree, but some of the same issues affect the regular foster care system of U.S.-born children. They are not, you know, a well-organized system. CPS is not a well-organized system. Um, 
However, the living conditions in this situation and the separation, the forced separation, it is what's different about this situation. Yeah, I, but for me, I went to the fact that having a criminal justice background, I thought instantly that, well, y'all not taking care of the kids of criminals over here. Right. So I'm not saying don't take care of them, but send that same cash this way. Right. You know, because there are plenty of kids that are being raised. Exactly. I said the system, our system is broken as well. I think the only difference is the forced separation by people who have not been determined to be criminals. They're, you know, they're well, refugees or, or whatever. And, and that's kind of how this whole country came to be. So it's like we had a, a open door policy and then at some point decided to start, you know, making the door a little bit less open, less open. And now it's just like a crack left or something. I don't know. But he said it. The crack is left from people that are from Norway. <laughs> he said, can we get more people from Norway? <laughs> he did say that. He said it. Yeah, he did say Why that. can't we get more people from Norway? And why do we have to be surprised to say our president said, can we get more white people in the country? That's what he said. He's doing everything he said. He said so much, though. But, you he, know, he's... Trump is doing everything he said. One thing about Trump and Bush that I actually respect is that they came in with their agenda, and manage their team. To me, Obama didn't do that. Yeah. You know, we're dealing with a lot of this stuff right now because Obama didn't come in with his team busting down doors, laying it out. Yeah, but... Charles, he should, Obama should have had it where every state, every city, like Charleston, that participated in some slavery, made them say it. Mm-hmm. You know, he could have went and did that. Mm-hmm. He could have came in and the did it. The problem with that is Trump has a team. And Obama didn't have a team. He was he was in office at opposition the whole time. He never really had a chance to have a team. And frankly, he was trying to make sure he stayed alive those eight years. You know, we were worried. I get it. I'm clear <laughs> on that. I just wish he would have. You know, to me, there's a whole other topic. You know, um, Obama didn't move on black issues until Trayvon Martin died. Yeah. That I saw. I think there's a lot of pressure on him, though, to not be looked at as only for one group. But because, Trump did. Bush did. But that group has always been the one the action went on, so that wasn't going to be a disruption. To act on uh, largely on the ha- behalf of a minority group would have been a disruption because that would indicate that you are president not for the majority. But the other ones, it would be easy to push that agenda because that's the agenda that's been pushed. It's not shaking anything up. But, you know, as far as our individual community responsibilities, though, I'm just still, I see people raising money now. And I'm like, where's this money going? Where's the money going? I've seen $3 million raised. Mm-hmm. Where? I just saw Brene Brown had posted something about She's raising money. And then another friend said they're raised, the, the children book authors are raised, raising money. Who are they giving this money to? <laughs> I mean, it's bizarre. You're giving your money to the government because that's who has the kids. Are you giving the money to their parents for legal representation? Like, I don't understand what the so money is. So, money, I read one space where money was for lawyers and counselors and, um, you know, transition people. I don't know where these kids are transitioning to, but. That was so immigration lawyers are about to get a big payday with no guarantee. Immigration lawyers are about yeah. to get a payday, absolutely. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that just that is what just happened. Okay, because 
and it's no no guarantee that any of that will work. No, but you're talking about federal law. Yeah, I mean that's that seems like a a waste. It's more important to to figure out how to get this administration turned over than it is to raise three million dollars. Turned over or put out? Well, because he's in his mode. midterms are coming up in November. Yeah. So that brings us to a whole new topic. Hold on. Microaggressions are more common than overt racism in this type of metropolitan area. Microaggressions happen all the time. And it can sometimes sound like a compliment to the person saying it, but to the person receiving it, it's not a compliment. And I think sometimes it's good to just have your ear open in a different way and tell your friend, like, you probably shouldn't have said that. So give a personal example of a microaggression that recently happened. This wasn't a microaggression, but this was a misplaced... um, Okay. Somebody gifted me. I don't think I might have told you this. Um, Somebody gifted me for my daughter when I was pregnant. The person who gave the gift was a white lady that I'm really cool with. And she gave me a book titled, I'm a Pretty Little Black Girl for My Daughter. The book was written by a black lady, had rave reviews, and had endorsements by everybody from Chris Rock to whoever else. And I'm sure she looked into all that first and said, okay, this is a good book. However, comma, when I opened it and I saw the title, I was like, ugh, <laughs> like, I don't know what to do with this. Because that's like telling somebody you're cute for a fat girl. Like, the, the fat girl part had nothing to do do with her is either she's cute or she's not not cute for a fat girl so but it's hard to explain that to somebody that you know they may not get it or may feel like you're being touchy so I didn't address it I didn't want to seem like I was being touchy I didn't feel like it was worth the conversation because we're not that close friends for me to try to like bring you into the light so I was like I'm just gonna leave that alone my husband was livid about the book. Like, I can't believe she... I was like, she didn't do it from a bad place. She found this book. She knew my... She knows we're black. She knows my daughter's going to be black. And... But it's for me to motivate her to be comfortable with that or how we want to address mm-hmm. her color. When we want to introduce the fact that you're a color. Like, when do we, when do we want to even talk about this? How we want to talk about it? It was just awkward. And I would not have had the same reception... Probably, if it had came from a a black parent, I don't know. I might not have felt that way about it. So I was like, would I feel this way about the book if a black lady gave it to me? Or do I feel this way because a white lady gave it to me? This is just sticky. Um, so never give a, a person a book. <laughs> that says, I'm pretty yeah. little book. You know, I think one thing is that you know, I, obvious. I, I mean, to you it was obvious, but like to her, it was nice. And I understand why she thought it was nice. I understand. I, I know what she was trying to do, but... I know I'm racially sensitive. Yeah. I am. I'm, I'm, a little, look, I'm looking for it. <laughs> I'm watching it. And when it comes through in however form, I'm aware of it. And so um, I have a pending something with a client. I think I told you that. Um, that a client came in on another conversation with a client. And a white lady, both British... A white lady said that um, 
that I was explaining, I was telling her that I was explaining to my 11-year-old son that um, in certain rooms, you can walk into a room and just because of your skin color, people have made, you know, assumptions of you. And that assumption may not be good. And so explaining that to him, um, she comes in on the conversation and says, I said, yeah, because some people are afraid of little black boys. And she said, I'm afraid of little black boys. And so... I'm glad she said it. She said it. That's good. And so the other client kind of froze like, what? You know, and um, I had to really take a break and come back. And she's been back since, and I haven't said anything. But it bothers me that I haven't said anything to her. Because I don't not do that. Oh, you didn't um, say anything at that moment? I said something at that moment. So I said, we said a few things at that moment. Um, but she was clueless to the fact that she was telling a black woman, or it didn't give a damn, that she was telling a black woman that she's afraid of her 11-year-old son. That was the scenario on the table. And she said that. And all I, you know, what I need people like you to realize is we live in that daily, Mm -hmm. daily. That's a daily movement. It's ridiculous. You know, it. But it's 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 really not because it's hard to believe if you're not. It's hard to believe if like you don't feel. I just don't relate to it. But you don't connect to it. You don't think about it. So you don't. No, Connecting and relating are two different things. No, and that's okay. Yeah. But I do believe to evolve this country, this world, yeah. you'll have to tell your kids the truth. Oh, um, in terms of what your ancestors did and to these ancestors and to where. You know, to, you have to make it make sense. Yeah. Um, otherwise, we just stay stuck. Yeah. Well, clearly we are stuck because we're now doing something that happened in Germany. And here, like we're doing the same stuff over and over again. It's stuff. It's like yeah. a, it's a record. We took black babies. We took Jewish babies. We took babies. We, you know, yeah. Yeah. this is. Yeah. No, it's I. I'm glad you brought all this up because I, I don't think about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're in your own zone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's the I, thing, and you have the privilege to live in that zone. This is a weird space, I think, though, for women like her, because how often, other than when you come here, are you the only white girl in the room? Yes, not very often. No, I just don't notice. I mean, I, I it mean, never happens. I guess I'm a little. Whereas I go in the restaurant all the time because we're bougie, and we're always the only black people in the room unless somebody's working. But that's our life. Like that's just once you make it to a certain pay grade, then it's just us. Yeah. You know, I'm the only one in my neighborhood. I know that I my know, child I know. was the only one in her school, which some people don't get, but she was the only one in her school, and that was an issue for me because my child is the only one who wears a swim cap on water play day because we're not getting this hair wet. <laughs> I can tell the teachers, look, we're not putting glitter in her hair, okay? I know you may not understand that. You spray tightening hair today, don't touch her. Because... I got this hair done already, and we're not going to redo it for two weeks. It's, it's so much. It's, it's, it's so much. And, you know, it's, it's awkward for the teachers. Like, they're like, okay, like, are you mad? I'm like, no, I'm not mad. I'm just telling you in advance. Like, don't do that, okay? <laughs> but, you know, a lot of times I think that that's my favorite responsibility. What? The teacher? To, to, if, you're on, if, if you're the only one in the room, in most cases, you're advocating, of course. Yeah. But in most cases, they're not thinking about it. Right. It's not their responsibility to know. It's not their responsibility. Oh, I tell them. So of just course. like you got the peanut allergy kid, 
Okay, this is the water in the hair allergy kid. Don't do that. <laughs> so just like you label his little folder, no peanuts. Don't put nothing in her hair. Okay. <laughs> I get it. Thanks, Rachel, for the combo. Yeah, no, thank you. Going to uh, Hurricane Harvey, as far as organizing. We need to do something similar for Freedom Summer 2018. Do you know what Freedom Summer is? No. Okay, Freedom Summer during the Civil Rights Movement was when uh, Stokely Carmichael and SNCC came yeah, down south okay. of Mississippi and they registered everybody to vote. Um, so... That was when all the white kids came on the buses. Yes. And they came Freedom and they registered everybody up. Okay. Yeah. We got to do the same thing for 2018 midterms. Because that's why Trump has a team. Because he has so many, um, you know, everything is, is playing to his favor, you know, with the election. They, they did a clean sweep. But we have to do Freedom Summer 2018 because people don't vote on midterms. And that's what messed up Obama. Because we got him in, but didn't do the midterm vote, and then Congress shifted on him, and it was a, he was fighting the whole rest of the time because he had the opposing team mm -hmm, on his, mm -hmm. it, it playing with him. So we need to do Freedom Summer 2018 locally to I like it to get people to actually go vote. Like it is hard to get people to vote. This is kind of what the young kids are doing. Parkland. Um, from the mass shootings, mm -hmm. um, they put together, I can't remember their campaign name, but it's a summer tour of registering people to vote. Okay. That's definitely it. I mean, when I worked during Obama's campaign, I worked as much as I could while I was in residency, which was hard, because I was working 80 hours a week and still trying to help, you know, the campaign. And I ran into so many people who, in the hood specifically, who either thought they couldn't vote because of uh, warrants, because of uh, yeah, because of their records um, that they could have processed in time to get stuff expunged, you know, to get stuff cleared up. Like they didn't even know where they were in their legal process and just assumed they could never vote. Um, and a lot of them can't vote because of the way the laws are. There's some stuff you got to go through to get your record cleared off so you can vote. Um, and that would require somebody legal being involved, because that's a whole different... It would be thing. a little team. Yeah, that, that would be a legal team to, to handle mm -hmm. those people. But there were other people who just, like, some people were registered. Some of the young people you miss out on, because you can register while you're 17 still. As long as you'll be 18 by November, mm -hmm. you can go ahead and register. So I feel like, why don't high schools register kids? Like, seniors should be getting registered at the high school. It should be like automatic. They do blood drives at high school. Why not do voter registration drives? That should be like built into HISD some kind of way that they get kids registered. Why isn't it automatic registration anyway? Why isn't it built into, isn't it built into getting your driver's license? No. Organ donation. Yeah, organ donation is built in. But why isn't it just automatic that you can vote? Like, and why don't we vote on Saturday? Instead of voting during the weekday, like why are there obstacles to voting? Why is there even this process? So it's putting together a team. You're interested in putting together a team of people that work on voting issues, or well, to, people to work to people registered to make sure people who are registered know where they're supposed to vote because that can be a big issue too. You know, making sure people know where to go vote 
because they, I mean, I literally walked into the wrong place last time because yeah. I, I walked into a church that I thought would make sense because I said, I knew I was registered at a church. And they were like, not this church, right. that other church over there. Like, Which could have discouraged you and went on home. Yeah, I had to keep going because I was trying to stop by before I went to work. And I was like, the, the devil don't want me to vote this time. It was some random election anyway. So I was like, I'm just not going to make it this time. But, um, you know, like, why don't we have it where these kids, when they walk across that stage at cap and gown, before they do that, just fill out this voter registration form. Like, it should be a, a simple thing. When you go sign up at HCC to register for classes, are you registered to vote? should be built into it. Like, there should be tables at every freshman orientation. So do we put this group together to get people organized to vote and, and you create, create, legislation, to legislation, create legislation that changes... The process. The process of getting you registered. Yeah, to streamline it. And then we got to get them to the and polls. And we got to get them to the polls. polls. Do, they, do they have polling locations at all the colleges? I mean, these kids are on campus. They're not going nowhere else. They should be able to vote here. Absolutely. Why can't you vote in the administration office or wherever? Like, every, to me, every college, as part of teacher's civic duty, should have a place on the yard where you can go vote. It only makes sense. So, I'm, I'm not understanding why we haven't done it already. So, is this working with a current organization? This or is, is just this in my putting, brain. Putting, <laughs> you know, 10 new people together, having a meeting with some wine and cheese. Okay. And, <laughs> you know, seeing what, what could be developed. People who have connections to schools would be great. People who are on... Uh, people who can make stuff happen. Like, people who can stay, take stuff out of my brain and put it into effect easily. If you already have a connect at a school, if you're already on some kind of uh, alumni board, if you're already on some kind of administrative group at a, at a college or university, you should be able to help make that happen, at least yeah. at that location. Make that a polling place. Like, that should be easy. Teachers, students, whoever, faculty can just go vote. Why should you have to go off campus? I think that definitely should happen. Um, but it's putting that together to make it happen. Yeah. Um, I'm with it. 